What's up, my geeks, my nerds, my dorks, my pop culture heads? It is I, Princess Weeks. And it is I, Tessa Netting. And you are listening to The Geeked Podcast, your weekly, yes, weekly energy boost of the world's fandom stories you love, hate, you know, whatever. I don't know your life. All I know is I respect your mind. And I respect your mind, too. So that's why I got to tell you that each week we're going to skim the surface of what's popular in geek culture. And then we're taking a deep dive into the lore of Netflix worlds bigger than our own. And today we are going into the vault to discuss and possibly debate. I know you love it when we fight. What Tessa and I believe to be the best Netflix shows and movies of all time in general. So yeah, we're going to fight like it's King Kong versus Godzilla up in here. Yay! I love Godzilla, so that's perfect. <laughs> oh, then we're not fighting! <laughs> I mean, right, I'll be King I'll Kong. Be... I'll be King Kong. I'll be King Kong. All right. They're all both right, my sons. Right. They're both my sons. We're going to fight. I promise there will be some fighting. There will also probably be some agreement. But you know what? We will try. But before that, we are going to look ahead to what is coming out on Netflix this week. Fall in a special To Doom fall preview from our partners at todoom.com. Let's get into it, shall we, dear? So, we have a special treat for y'all, a segment called the To Doom Fall Preview from our partners at todoom.com. And if you don't know what To Doom is, it's a site with everything you want to know about Netflix shows and films. So go check it out. Princess, what are you excited about coming this fall? Well, I think everyone knows me, and so everyone knows I'm excited about The Crown. It's going to be. We're in We're in the season of mess, okay? And I cannot wait to see Diana in her freakum dress. I cannot wait to just remember how she completely dog-walked the monarchy with just the elegance and grace of her calves and very well-manicured Bob. I mean, legendary. It's true. This season of The Crown is going to have a whole new cast, so that's exciting in itself. But also, we just know that it's going to get so, so messy. So we're here for the drama, for the costumes, for the cast— for everything. Yeah. It's going to be messy. It's going to be sad. It's going to be dramatic. Very and, sad. Yeah. And it's just like with everything that's going on with the royal family right now, this is like their best PR boom is like seasons of the crown. So they're always just like, how are we going to make the queen look like the same person around all these messy people? And how are we going to low-key drag Andrew? So it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. We have two seasons left. This is the first, the second to last. And I can't wait to see Umbridge as uh, Queen Elizabeth II. Right? Just talk about perfect casting. She was literally preparing for this her whole life. She was wearing the outfit. She was wearing the yes. fits. Okay, so it's time. She really was. She was, she was born to play this, and now we will see her as Queen Elizabeth II after Claire Foy and Olivia Colman. It's like, this is the perfect progression, and I just am so pumped for this. Another Netflix show that I cannot wait to watch this fall is Wednesday. Mm, so good. <laughs> it is a new show that is coming, and it is starring Jenna Ortega, as Wednesday, from the mind of Tim Burton. Tim Burton doing Wednesday Adams a live action series. This is just, this is everything that I could want in the fall. Like, they had me with Jenny Ortega, and then they had Catherine Zeta-Jones as Morticia right. Adams. And I'm like, 
Catherine Zeta-Jones is never hotter when opposite a Latin person, as we learn in The Mask of Zorro. And so I'm just so excited to see her be just, however they bronzed and contoured her in Zorro, (laughs) I want to just copy, paste, and put it on there. Because that's the look we want. You know, Luis Guzman as Gomez Adams is, like, perfect, like, casting. So we're going to have, like, this Puerto Rican icon. It's just, I am so truly excited for this. And Christina Ricci is going to be in it. And Gwendolyn Christie. So we're just going to have just all levels of excellence in this production. And you know what? I, for one, have been waiting a long time for a, you know, Tim Burton production with some melanin in it. So I'm very excited to see, like, not just how he views this world, but just all the diversity that's going to be in it. Because everybody loves the Addams Family. Oh, I love the Addams Family, especially Wednesday. Like, she was always my favorite character. And this show is like described as a sleuthing supernaturally infused mystery like showing her time as a student at Nevermore Academy so like I cannot wait for the costumes and spooky dark academia vibes it's just I cannot wait and like the teaser at Geeked Week it showed her and so thing good. <laughs> I I mean, thing as well. I just, like, give me all of the cameos. Give me all of the vibes. Spooky vibes. I want all the spooky fall vibes. Absolutely. I think, like, and Jenny Ortega is such a great actress. And I just, she looks perfect for the role. We know she can do hard because she was great in Scream. So, and in Babysitter, Killer Queen. So I'm just here for all of it. And there's nothing I love more than a teen drama that takes place in a spooky school. Yes. So this is like exactly. all that I've ever wanted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She is just the new like horror girl. She's having her horror moment and I'm here for it. Let's capitalize on it and let's make her Wednesday. Let's see what she can do. Absolutely. And speaking of spooky schools, we also <gasps> have the film School for Good and Evil. So like Woo! perfect pairing. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited about this movie. I think I mentioned during Geek Week you know, as well, that, like, I was a fan of the book series for years. So, like, I'm so excited. We haven't had, like, a really fun YA film adaptation. Like, everything is, like, a series. Like, so it's going to be fun to see how they turn this one text into, like, a standalone film. I know you've seen it. I haven't seen it yet. Um, I'm saving it for for a wine night. But uh, I'm really excited (laughs) about this. And uh, I can't wait to see it brought to life. Ah. I will not spoil anything because I hate doing that to anyone. But I just want to say that this movie was so wonderful. I absolutely loved it. I just know so many people are going to lose their minds when they see this. And Soman, he, you could tell how much he loves loves this story and loves this world and he just put his whole soul into it and he like loved the movie it's like when you know the creator is just so on board and Mm -hmm. is like singing the praises of the thing that is their baby you know they did it right that makes me so happy yay we just need more like princesses like I want more like princess vibes fantasy vibes fantasy movies like give them to me I am I am dying for more so this is perfect as a princess I agree and I will say my (laughs) one wild card because I was going through the list of to do shows. And I have to say The Watcher, which is going to be the Ryan Murphy, Ian Brennan 
production. So this is based on the true crime incident of a married couple that moves into their dream home and starts getting letters from a watcher who is, like, giving all these very, like, detailed things of, like, the nicknames they have for their children, what their children are doing. It's the creepiest shit, and it's an unsolved mystery. So I'm like, (gasps) I cannot wait to see how this is done. It's so weird that Ryan Murphy is the one who's doing this. So, uh... (laughs) I'm looking forward to seeing how this goes. Naomi Watts is in it, Mia Farrow, my good sis, Jennifer Coolidge. I was just like, all right, I'm sold. That sounds great. And Ryan Murphy does a good job. Like, with his series, like, they are excellent. So I... I'm very pumped for this. My wild card is going to be Love is Blind, (laughs) season three. A legend. (laughs) Listen, I think Love is Blind is one of the craziest, most insane ideas ever for a reality show. So the fact that it works, like people are that have been on the show are still together. It's It's so wild to me. So I cannot wait to see more of the drama, more of the pairings, more of them sitting in those booths and meeting other people and seeing if love is really blind, if they can fall in love without seeing the other person and propose to a person without ever seeing them in the flesh ever, having no idea what they look like. What? That is... That's insane. But, you know? Love is Blind Japan was so sweet and wholesome that, like, I get it. Like, my sister got me to watch it, and I'm just like, all right, all right, I get it. I get it. Like, and then Love is Blind Japan was just, like, so soft and sweet, and everyone was like, and the marriage culture is just so different there. Oh, I was going to say, that's not what it's like for the American version. It's well, a they're lot both messier. on Netflix. So, <laughs> oh my God, I can imagine. I, I the only episode I saw of the American Love Is Blind was the most recent reunion, and I was just like, "This is perfect." I feel like I'm getting a whole meal from just this alone. So, yeah, sometimes yes. we like we love we love the chaotic dramas and you know our sci-fi and our fantasy. We also love mess. Always, always, always. love mess. Give us more mess. Give us more drama. Give us more fall spooky school vibes. Cannot wait. So everyone, be sure to check out todoom.com for more fall previews and also check out other podcasts from our Netflix family. Like we have the receipts, you can't make this up and skip intro for more celebration of what's coming up in the fall. Happy fall. Hello, everyone. We're back, and we are going to talk about some of our favorite shows from inside the Netflix vault. And if I sound weird, I apologize. I am at Gen Con buying a lot of tabletop RPG books because this is the Geek Podcast, and I live my raps. So I apologize if I sound a little different, but it's because I'm having so much fun in Indiana looking at the A Goofy Movie board game. Literally, five-year-old me is like destroyed with joy. I love that so much. I am, I always love getting to go to conventions because it feels like you can just feel the joy from everyone. It's a collective feeling of nerdiness and a collective feeling of like, we love this thing so much that we're just going to all come together and talk about it and buy things about like about the thing and dress up like the thing. And it's just the best. There's no other feeling like it. It's so good. My my friend Sydney, who's known as Tappy Toe Claws, and my friend Olivia, they're dressing up as Chandra and Liliana from Magic the Gathering. 
And it just, they look so cool. I'm just sitting here, like, watching them put on their wigs and their cosplay, just like, <laughs> you're doing so good, sweetie. Yeah. I just, I'm just out here being a supportive mom. Let's get into some of our favorite shows. Tessa, I, I would love to know, what do you think is the best show from the Netflix vault? Okay. So this was a little hard for me to narrow down. But once I figured it out and realized what show I thought was the best show that Netflix has ever done, it was obvious. And it was one of those things where I think it's not only the best show that Netflix has ever done, but I think it's one of the most innovative, incredible, like well-crafted shows of all time. And it's an animated show. It is BoJack Horseman. The star of Horsin' Around, BoJack Horseman, is our guest tonight. Welcome, BoJack. I'm incredibly drunk. BoJack Horseman is an animated show, if you don't know, about a horse named BoJack, voiced by Will Arnett. And he used to be a star of the 1990s sitcom uh, Horsin' Around. Was initially dismissed by critics as broad and saccharine and not good. But the family comedy struck a chord with America and went on to air for nine seasons. And uh, is now trying to navigate Hollywood and complete his memoir as a depressed, self-loathing, washed-up TV star. And even though this is a cartoon, this show is absolutely not for children. (laughs) This is more than just, like, a raunchy cartoon about, like, an alcoholic. This show is deep and dark and tackles like the most intense topics like serious subjects and personal experiences through this like animated horse (laughs) because you need that blocker like it's so intense that you need that disconnect from reality like that level of absurdity because otherwise it's too real (laughs) it's too much (laughs) it's so heartbreaking it's like it's jarring it's brilliant it just completely challenges itself by exploring these like new and creative ways to approach storytelling through animation like god I uh, this show is just not afraid to like go there and talk about like real fucking issues and explore like the themes and topics of fame culture like celebrity culture like the public obsession of seeing and experiencing a famous person their downfall and how they're like obsessed with that and how like toxic social media is how toxic cancel culture can be especially just like for women just how horrible people can be towards women in Hollywood and in society and it like also talks about things like addiction depression abortion abuse the shame of personal choices and the desperation of humanity. It's like, I, this show is insane. I think that BoJack Horseman, the show, is up there with, like, The Sopranos and Breaking Bad and Mad Men is, like, one of the most important existential crisis shows about the way that middle-aged, white-coated men are just unable to take responsibility for their own actions and grow if it comes up too much against their desire for greatness. And, like, for me, as someone who deals with, like, depression Mm -hmm. and so many things, like, 
Bojack Horseman was just so good because it just knew how to say the right thing in the most painful but truthful way. And I think of how many things it handled, especially Bojack's own history of, like, being both someone who is a victim of, like, terrible childhood trauma, but also, like, a predatory-ass person and how— Because we spend so much time with BoJack, we as the audience are asked to both understand why BoJack is the way he is, but also understand that, like, it is not okay that he is, like, taking that trauma and passing it around on everybody that loves him. It's like, if you relate to BoJack, that means you need to go into therapy. Like, it means that you need to, like, rethink the way that you talk to your friends and, like, the women and people in your life. Not, man, a hero for me. It's like, no. No, yeah. the call is coming from inside the house for real, for real. But yes, you are correct with BoJack and I I love that show. So I decided to pick something that I think is really good for a different reason. And I went instead of animation, even though that's my favorite. And I picked the series Never Have I Ever. Hey gods, it's Devi Vishwakumar, your favorite Hindu girl in the San Fernando Valley. What's a poppin'? It's the first day of school. And I thought we should have a check-in. I think we can all agree that last year sucked for a number of reasons. Which was created by Mindy Kaling and Lang Fisher. And I love this show for a lot of reasons. So it's about this young Indian-American Tamali girl named Devi, who is from Sherman Oaks, Los Angeles. And her father, Mohan, dies very suddenly. And Devi goes through like this immediate trauma where she kind of loses sensation in her legs and isn't able to walk for three months she eventually gets better and she's trying to kind of in her sophomore year of high school reinvent herself. And the show is kind of all about Devi as this kind of shitty person. Teens are but shitty. But also very empathetic. Like I love, there's nothing I love more than a show that's not afraid to make a teenage girl unlikable, but also well-written and you understand exactly why she's that way. Like I love Devi. She's selfish. <laughs> she's self-centered. Right. She... Doesn't always make good decisions because she's 15. I'd like to be invited to a party with alcohol and hard drugs. I'm not going to do them. I just like the opportunity to say, no cocaine for me, thanks. And she's trying to cut up. She's trying to get the bag. (laughs) By bag, I Uh mean a man. And lastly, most importantly, I'd really, really like a boyfriend. But not some nerd from one of my AP classes. Like a guy from a sports team. He can be dumb. I don't care. I just want him to be a stone-cold hottie who could rock me all night long. Thanks for considering. (laughs) And so she's on that pathway. And I just love how empathetic it is. And I love, I'm at the age now at 30. I'm like, I love her, but I also love her mother and all the adult conflict on the show. I'm like, you know, her mother dealing with like the grief of losing her husband and now having to raise her daughter in an environment that feels very unkind to her. Like that was so powerful. And just... The way it touches on sort of the the duality of, like, she's this brown girl in a very white environment. I love that about it. I love how raw and honest emotionally it is. I love how everyone's doing their best, but they're not always doing the right thing. (laughs) And, you know, I think in terms of a teen drama, I think it's, like, one of the best that's out right now. That's really for, like, 
younger teens who are like struggling with themselves and also their parents who are going to watch it with them. I watched that show as well. And I really liked that about it, too. I, I like when shows feel real. I liked especially when it's something like showing a school experience and it's not like Stranger Things where it's like, oh, this like, you know, these supernatural things are happening. It's like, no, this is the reality and this is what our thoughts are. And it's like, oh, you're right. Correct. Thank you for reminding me about this and reminding me that it gets better. Exactly. I love that. Now, what about movies? Because I really love your pick and I want to hear more about why this was what you want, why this is what you loved. Okay, so for my pick, I chose the Fear Street trilogy as my favorite Netflix movie. Fantastic choice. I love this one. Fear Street is like three slasher films that were released on Netflix last year as sort of like a three-part event. There was like Fear Street 1994, 1978, and 1666. And these three films are based on the book series by R.L. Stein, who's best known for Goosebumps. And it's about a group of teens that like take on this evil force that has cursed their town, shady side for centuries. And just like BoJack... To me, the Fear Street trilogy fucking changed the game. It has pioneered this new form of movie release, like releasing a trilogy back-to-back weeks apart. It's unheard of, and it's taking horror, like, to the next level. It's, like, not only did these movies have interesting storyline that had me immediately hooked, because it had Salem Witches, Summer Camp Massacre, dead serial killers, like, coming alive and committing mass murders, like, put that together with a group of teens, like, that is stylized and has, like, period costuming and shit. Like, that is my shit. That is perfection to me. But the best part, like, the two best parts about Fear Street to me, the first was just, like, the horror references themselves. It was one of those things where it's almost like Stranger Things in that, like, the first movie, 1994, was such an ode to, like, horror movies like Scream, and it felt so nostalgic while still telling an authentic original story. And again, the production design just transported the audience right there. It was so well done in capturing, like, the feeling of that time period. And then, so then you have that. And then it goes to 1978, and then it's just, like, summer camp, Friday the 13th, like, okay, we're going there. Let's, like, dive into those vibes. And then it goes to 1666, a freaking, like, Salem witch gay crucible movie. Like, are you kidding me? This is—that's why I love Fear Street. And it just made me—it reminded me of how much I love horror movies. So that's why I love it. Oh, I love that for you. I think it's so good— when you find something that really loves horror. Like, as a horror fan, there are a lot of things that come out that are like, they say that they love horror, but it's like, they love elevated horror, which is like... Right. That's the new thing these days. Everyone's doing that. It's like... And I'm just like, I want the mess. Yeah, I want the (laughs) mess. I Uh want the mess. Do you like horror tropes? I have a question. Oh, I do. I love—there are certain horror tropes I love. Like, when I saw Black Phone, the Ethan Hawke mm-hmm. uh, film, like, I just love, like, a sassy kid 
I love like sassy little kids are the best. I love the I, I've always been a fan of the final girl trope. I actually just rewatched the original prom night with Jamie Lee Curtis from like mm. 1980. And I just love the aesthetic of like you take the time to meet all these kids. Some of them are kind of dirtbags. And then you just slowly watch them get massacred. And like it's just fun. I I love like mm-hmm. I actually loved prom night because usually like, you know, the whole the 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 sexual um sexually promiscuous character dies first and it was like no this time it was the virgin and i was like that's right anybody can get it but yeah i love horror <laughs> tropes yeah and this i think this movie just sort of reminded me at least how fun horror movies can be they're fun so what about you princess on the flip side so i have a weakness for young women who go back to their hometown to find themselves and hang out with a bunch of kids on, along the way. So, in <laughs> 2020, the film Fill the Beat came out with Sophia Carson, who is from the Disney Channel, just like Tessa. So, it's about this young dancer named April, who is a young dancer who is trying to make her break in Broadway. And she steals a cab from a lady during a rainstorm to get an audition because she's like, I'm running late. I got to go. And she does really well, but then finds out that the person that she stole the cab from is a sponsor. And when she recognizes April, she like vows that nobody in Broadway will ever hire her again. Missy, your dreams will never come true because as long as I live and I've got a lot of years left... I will make sure that you are never hired for any show on Broadway, off Broadway, or off off Broadway. Your career is over, chorus girl. And she tries to apologize and ends up making her fall off the stage. And of course, it gets captured on on camera, goes viral. She's like, my life is over. I'm destroyed. So she's like, time to go back home to the boonies. And then she goes back home to Wisconsin and she bumps into her old dance teacher who's like, you know, you should come and like, teach these kids and like over the years she's become like professional like professional broadway dancer like no nonsense very stern and so like she teaches these kids but teaches them so mean <laughs> she just has like she's just like she's oh like God. know your mark do all these stuff. and slowly but surely she meets her old boyfriend from before oh my god and like her, her ex's little sister like looked up to her and they have to reconcile basically it's just like it's like a feel-good movie about a girl learning to reconnect with why she loved to dance becoming like a teacher christ and like what i love about it spoiler alert is that like she doesn't have to choose in the end between like do i want my successful career or do i want to teach these kids she's like I, she ends up being able to do both because I hate it when somebody who's ambitious has to be like, Same I got feelings. She's like, when they're like, I got feelings, so no, I can't be a badass. But she's like, no, you still have to show up on time. Women can do everything. They can, she do, can do everything. <laughs> she can do it all. And then her happy ending is getting to like help her kids perform, helping them find their way, but also like she's going to do her Broadway job because that's what she's been working towards her whole life. And I'm like, I love that because I just, it felt so fun. And it really, Mm. 
felt like a genuine love letter to like all the people who work really, really hard to make their dreams come true and like get sidelined and then find their way back. And that's my weakness. I love films like that. I love, I love things like that. And so my friends, we watch it on a movie night and I'm just like, this movie is really good. I really love Feel the Beat. It made me feel very happy. And I love Sophia Carson. She's very talented. I loved her in Descendants. So I was just very happy to see her do things. And like, it was a very diverse group of kids too. And like, in meaningful ways, Mm -hmm. they had a young Black girl in there, but her hair always looked correct. You know, she wasn't out here looking cray. Mm -hmm. And like, they had a young girl who was deaf and they found ways to incorporate that and like, Pretty much people knew how to sign throughout the whole thing. And I'm just like, this is really sweet. And I I just love that kind of stuff. I love a sweet, wholesome... Oh, God. Thank God Princess. it's Friday film. <laughs> you're, like, describing my dream movie. It's like- so... Tessa, you're going to love it. It's like tiny, <laughs> tiny dancer human from Broadway comes back home what? and finds love and everything. It's like... <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, are you kidding me? This is too much. This is also sounds like Billy Elliot, kind of, like, with Mrs. Wilkinson. She's, like, a mean teacher and then has, mm-hmm. like, a soft spot because the kids, like, bring it out. I'm like, are you kidding? Ah. Oh, yeah. my God. I cannot wait to see this. And, Princess, I think that I won TV and you won movie. I'll I'll give you yeah. Bojack. It's hard to be Bojack. Win. But, yeah. You can't I, be I, Bojack. <laughs> you can't be Bojack. But, yeah, I really feel the beat is, like, such a sweet hug after, like, a frustrating day. And it's interesting because BoJack and, like, Feel the Beat are two completely different things as well. Just on two opposite sides, but still important. Exactly, because sometimes you need that. Because I know after I watch BoJack, girl, I need I need a break. Because I watch it all in one sitting. I'm like, what do you mean take breaks? <gasps> what? It's only that 30 minutes. That can mess you up, girl. That can That's mess what you I want. up. That's what I want. (laughs) If you've been... I want the misery. (laughs) You will spiral. You will be questioning everything about your life. It will literally be like... like I watch this like, man, I got to go back to therapy. Let's call my therapist. And then it's like, okay, now we're going to watch X-Men. You know, it's just just fine. So I need to switch it off too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things where it's almost like a horror movie. Sometimes if I get too scared, I need to like put on a cartoon or something that's like really uh, happy and stupid to like get my mind off of the scary thing I just watched. So it was the same as BoJack. It's like after that was after I finished, I was like, I need to watch something that is like so pure and happy and has a happy ending and is just like all good positive vibes. So... You need, you need, you need it all. Uh, that was so refreshing. But first, one more thing to start wrapping up this wonderful episode. I just want to give a shout out to another one of my favorite shows on Netflix, Shira and the Princesses of Power. That show got me through many hard times. I love that show. I love Kipo and the Age of the Wonder Beast. I enjoy Dragon Prince. You know, I just, the animation department at Netflix, you guys deserve so many props because you guys are absolutely killing it. I really want to give props to the animation department for creating just so many bangers across so many genres. Uh, You guys are killing it. You are so correct. My one more thing that I want to mention is the brilliance of Mike Flanagan. I just, Mm -hmm. 
the three, those three shows messed me up in the best way. It was the most brilliant thing. Like, we need to do an episode about it because I am just so excited for what's to come. I'm so blown away by what he already did. Like, we need to have a discussion. So I just want to give a little shout out to Mike Flanagan about how insane and amazing his shows are. Absolutely. Uh, what a man. I have cried to so many of his shows. We should have an episode about Matt Flanagan. again. That would be 100%. Fun. Maybe he could come Spooky on. Spooky times. Oh my God, sir, please. Okay, y'all. Well, you know the drill. If you like this show, you gotta follow us. You can find the Geek Podcasts wherever you listen to podcasts. And for those that cannot get enough of us and love this show so much, please let us know. Give us a review. Like, give us five stars. And also on Apple Podcasts, you can write a review on Spotify. Like, you can rate us. Do it. It helps us out so much. It helps other people find the show. And maybe we'll even read some aloud on the show. So y'all should do it, please. I am going to read two reviews. We have one from TNP 1993, a good year. It's a perfect podcast. Finally, the geeked podcast of my dreams. I look forward to every episode. Can't wait for more. Thank you. And then we have another one from Love Lucette. Very cute. Five stars. I really enjoy the positive vibes. Very needed right now. Aw, thank you. You know what? Sometimes... You just need some positive vibes, especially in fandom. I think a lot of times people like to harp on all the things they want to change, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just if that's all there is, it can just be a little much sometimes. So it's good to celebrate the things that you love as well as criticize them. We need to do a little bit of both. Absolutely. And the final one, we did get a five-star review from Issa Worsley. Thank you so much. We love you. Thank you, everyone who has left us reviews and comments. It means a lot. And anyway, the Geeked Podcast is hosted by me, Tessa Netting. And me, Princess Weeks. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, anywhere on the internet at Tessa Netting. And you can find me on YouTube as Princess Weeks and on Twitter as Weeks Princess. Next week, we are re-entering the world of the Sandman. We cannot stop thinking and talking about it. So we are doing a part two. You want it. We want it. Let's get into all of these cats. This is a Netflix Geeked and Spoke Media production. Our executive producers are Keisha T.K. Dutez, Brigham Mosley, Aaliyah Tavakolian, and Keith Reynolds. Kelly Kolf is our producer. Reyes Mendoza is our associate producer. Delora Patton is our coordinating producer. And special thanks to Carson McCain. Sound design and engineering by Evan Arnett, who also composed and performed our original theme. To stay updated on all things Geeked, be sure to follow us at Netflix Geeked on Twitter, Instagram, and the TikToks. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.